I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. It's General Conference Saturday. This is a special hour. COVID-19 and Utah families. The spread of the coronavirus and the shutdowns that followed forced many families together for weeks. Are we closer now than we were before? Our hosts, Dave Noriega and Debbie Dujanovic, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Hello, I'm Debbie Dujanovic, along with Dave Noriega. And we both hope you're enjoying General Conference. The afternoon session will begin in just a couple of hours. Until then, Dave and I are your host of a very special broadcast all about families. You know, coronavirus changed all our lives, reaching just about every aspect of them. But amid all the quarantine, the testing, the uncertainty, was there a silver lining? Were you forced to spend time with your family? And in the end, did you find that it's brought your family closer together, Dave? <laughs> I love it. Forced <laughs> to spend time with your family. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Big time. That's right. The coronavirus forced our families together. So the question, are you closer with each other because of it? And since we have no idea when it's ending, can we capture some of that if we've missed it so far? We talked with a Utah mom who says initially, no, but that it changed. Yeah, let's begin with this. 75% of American parents say they witnessed, they have witnessed a key moment, Dave, in their child's life while in isolation. Now, that's according to a recent poll. And these range from milestones in their child's development um, to just meaningful heart-to-heart discussions that they didn't think would ever happen until they were all on lockdown together in the same home. So they could have witnessed maybe their child walking for the first time, which is something, quite frankly, that I missed um, two of my kids because I was working when they took their first steps to, you know, having those really important discussions at the dinner table because you're sharing that time together because you're forced to because all the restaurants are closed and, all this, you know, there's no extracurricular activities going on. So I'm wondering, Dave, in your own home, what did you experience? Well, what I saw more than anything was the relationship between my kids, the relationship they had, the way they started to interact and how it was they wanted to play with each other. It was no longer let me rush out of the house as quickly as possible and go play with my friends. It was, hey, do you want to play video games? And you would see them get excited like, all right, you set it up. I'll be down in a minute. And as a parent, you watch that. And you're like, what do I do? Oh, you do nothing. You let that happen. 
and that was pretty special. Well, we both are very good friends with a Utah mom by the name of Evelyn Cox. Uh, she's not only a local mom, she's also a friend of our show. She calls in pretty regularly. Uh, we wanted to get her perspective. Did COVID-19 bring her family closer? I do think that we grew closer together. I think initially we did not. Initially, we were in each other's face all the time. We were kind of overwhelmed by being by everything that was going on, the stress and close confines. But in the end, I, I could say that we have grown closer as a family since since the beginning of COVID. And I think we've heard this before, right? That it was a little uh, bit of a spotlight being shown down upon your family. So if there were any problems, it magnified them. It, it showed that, you know what, you've got some areas you can work on here. But the beautiful part about Evelyn's story there is they worked through it. And that is the key, right? Of course, nobody's family is perfect. You have to work through it. Are you willing to work through it? Do you want to work through it? And sometimes that's all you need is uh, the will to change things. Say, you know what? I don't want to have that relationship any longer. Let's see if we can change it. I think it's very important that we share our stories, not only the hardships, but also the success stories, so we can learn from one another. So we made sure that we tapped into Evelyn's experience. Uh, how did they initially overcome the stress? And she actually gave us some advice. I think to start, some of the things that pushed us apart near the beginning was we weren't used to being so close together all the time. I was used to having my quiet time when the kids were at school in between uh, you know, different things happening. And I missed that. I found that I was constantly overwhelmed by, by noise, if nothing else. Uh, and we found that we would, you know, we kind of got in each other's way a little bit. We kind of were in each other's space more than we had, had meant to be. Uh, as time went on, though, I would say that we've, we've gotten a lot better at recognizing when one needs space. And we've also, you know, being stuck at home and being, being unable to go out and, and experience things from separate from each other, we were able to get more creative with how we spent our time together. Uh, we, we had more activities. We played more games together. We talked a lot more. And I think if nothing else, we just, we understand each other better because we've had more conversations. I think it was also important for me to realize uh, I'm not the only person in their life, right? My mom calls it benign neglect. Like sometimes we need a little bit of that. We're like, you figure it out, guys. I'm not your playmate. I, I can play with you, but you've got to figure out how to do some of this stuff on yourself and entertain yourself uh, without just putting in a movie and hitting play, right? And kids and my kids have become much more creative in the ways that they play. Dave and I decided it was very important to go in search of the silver lining in this uh, ongoing pandemic. And we think we found it in some cases. COVID-19 and the lockdown or the lack of things being open like we're used to has brought families closer together. So we called up one of our very good friends of the show, Evelyn Cox. She's a Utah mom. And one of the challenges for families was, of course, for Evelyn and other families, having an especially long summer. So how did she spend her summer with two kids while combating boredom? We didn't do a whole lot for our summer. We, we spent a lot of time working on the house. Uh, each of my kids 
repainted their bedrooms, and so that was kind of a fun, exciting thing for them to be able to do. Uh, I tried to expand my garden. That was something that was enjoyable and not entirely successful, but still fun for us to spend that time. I failed at tons of things uh, during the summer, but it does. It gives you an opportunity to try some different stuff, not just for your kids, but for yourself as well. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. COVID-19 and Utah families. Join our hosts, Dave Noriega and Debbie Dujanovic, weekdays from 9 to 11, here on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. I'm Debbie Dujanovic, along with Dave Noriega. We're co-hosts of the Dave and Dujanovic Show, weekdays, Monday through Thursday, on KSL News Radio, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. But for now... We're your hosts of a very special broadcast all about families. Dave and I went digging for the silver lining in this pandemic. And Dave, I think we found it. Families are spending more time together. We were forced to. And we couldn't necessarily spend a ton of money doing it. Because that's kind of a default. If the kids are bored, we're going to go buy a pizza. The the kids are bored, we're going to go spend some money. We're going to do a big family trip. Well, those weren't necessarily options that were in front of us. We had to stay home and figure out how to like each other. A recent survey says almost three-quarters of American families with school-age children say they've been able to spend more time together Uh, during this pandemic, and particularly at the breakfast table. The breakfast table no longer was a challenge during the shutdown. When everything shut down and we were forced to stay home and school kids were sent home to learn at home, a lot of families ended up starting their days together at the breakfast table, which is something a very dear friend of mine and the show, uh, Stephanie Ashcraft, and I have talked about. So I wanted to bring her on the show to talk about how this has enhanced their time, not only at the breakfast table, but it sounds like at the lunch table and the dinner table, Stephanie. Yeah, it really did. Even with my husband working home during for a couple months and all the kids and I all together, we were eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. That is so strange. Uh, (laughs) Something that probably our grandparents uh, would look at and think, uh, yes, that is normal. In our society, the way we live, we just don't do that as often. What was it like to actually sit down and have meals, like formal sit-down meals with your family? Well, it was really interesting because the kids at the time were doing the online schooling. My husband was still working from home. So we had to look at everyone's schedule and say, okay, we're going to do breakfast this time, lunch this time, dinner this time. And um, so it really took some planning and even some cooperation from my teenagers. But there were times I was helping a little one with school and my teenager was in the kitchen cooking so that we could have lunch when dad had his break between his meetings. So, but it was a really neat experience, and we really loved it as a family. 
Stephanie, remind us um, the age of, of your children and, and how many you have. Hey, we have five children. Our oldest is going to UVU. We have one on a mission, and then we have a boy that's a senior and a girl that's an eighth grader and a little boy that's a second grader. So we have quite a span. And during the pandemic, we've had three of them at home. So 53% of parents, according to the survey I read, say they're uh, using the first meal of the day, breakfast, to talk about uh, current events with their kids. Is that, is that what you guys are discussing at the breakfast, uh, lunch, and dinner table as well? I think our breakfast actually centered around what was going to be happening that day. It seemed like that was our planning meal. And then dinner usually centered around current events because... We would turn on the news at 5 o'clock while we were cooking dinner, and we'd see what was going on, and then that often became the discussion at dinner. How did things go in your family as far as the siblings getting along? I was actually really surprised because our kids, we have such a gap in between the ages of these last three, and it was really interesting to see my boy that's a senior pulling out all of his old Lego sets to build them with his brother that's seven. And so that, for me, was awesome to see. And seeing them play games together, compromising on what movie do we want to watch. I mean, I was really impressed because I was nervous. They're so used to playing with friends all the time. I thought, are they even going to get along? And it, it was really neat to see all of them come together and come up with creative ways to entertain themselves. That is almost exactly what I experienced, Stephanie, because all of a sudden my kids are having uh, Harry Potter marathons together. And they're like, don't you dare watch Harry Potter 12 without me. And I thought, holy cow, they're figuring this out. They're excited. They look forward to it. And as a parent, I'm like, I guess I just am watching a miracle. Well, I think Amazon offered Harry Potter where you could listen to it for free during the pandemic. So most of the families must have been doing that because our family, my kids read every Harry Potter book (laughs) during the pandemic, and we watched every movie as soon as they were done with the book. We watched the corresponding movies. So that must have been a general theme. (laughs) Stephanie, in a strange way, I mean, there has to be a silver lining in everything that I believe. This is how I believe anyways, in everything that we go through, we have to search for the silver lining. Has this been the silver lining for your family as time together? I think it's been neat to see my kids working together. That that probably has been the neatest thing that I've been seeing, even continuing now that they've gone back to school, is just seeing um, sister, including little brother, in like gathering the trash around the house, or all of them going out and working on the yard. Because if they can get it done really quick, then they can do something else. And and I mean, I just that cooperation. I was really shocked because I thought, are we going to really get along if we're all stuck in the same house? But, like, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised at how well my kids got along together throughout all this. Stephanie Ashcraft, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I think you're downplaying it a little bit. The pleasantly surprised, I am downright giddy. (laughs) Yeah, I think as parents, we're all giddy and just just how that we've survived thus far. Hopefully, um, things just keep getting better from here on out. It's General Conference Saturday. This is a special hour. COVID-19 and Utah families. 
The spread of the coronavirus and the shutdowns that followed forced many families together for weeks. Are we closer now than we were before? Our hosts, Dave Noriega and Debbie Dujanovic, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Every cloud has a silver lining. Does the COVID-19 cloud have one? Did COVID-19 bring our families closer? That's the topic of our special one-hour broadcast today as you await the afternoon session of General Conference. I can tell you what happened in my house, but that's just anecdotal, right? That's just my experience. I want to know from the experts. So we've reached out, we grabbed an expert, and he's going to help us realize, you know what? Maybe it wasn't all bad. Maybe there's some of that silver lining that you're talking about. And there's more that we can take away from it as we know the pandemic continues. Uh, but before we get to Dr. Tom Golightly, we did some of our own research here. A report from Harvard back in June found that the global pandemic is bringing fathers closer to their children. In fact, 70% of fathers feel closer to their children during this coronavirus pandemic, according to that study. That's across race, across class, regardless of education or political affiliation, Dave. Here's what some of the fathers are saying. That they're having more meaningful conversations with their children, getting to know their children better, and sharing more with their children about their own lives. You're our dad. Dave, how has it been for you in your own home? I feel terrible saying it, but it's been great. It really has, and I, I know it shouldn't. I, I, I realize there's things going on and this terrible tragedies across the state, across the country, across the world, but selfishly, I've had my kids around. They don't have the distraction of friends, and they're bored, so they turn to me. I'm like, sweet, <laughs> you got me, my friends. So we've been heavily involved, family vacations, uh, just going to the park, playing video games, we've been able to, to connect on many different levels, and I've really enjoyed it. Dr. Tom Golightly is a licensed psychologist and the assistant director over athletics, counseling, and psychological services at BYU. He's joining us right now. Uh, Dr. Tom, um, Dave has just said this has brought his family closer together. Is it fair to say that it's brought other Utah families closer in some ways? I think that's fair to say. It's pretty generalizable in some ways. Uh, you know, he mentioned going on vacation. A lot of times when we go on vacation uh, as adults, we're just like, okay, I can make it the next five days. We're going to be fine. And then you, you end it. And in our mind, we kind of have that cutoff point. Well, with that uncertainty of the pandemic and our and our response, uh, there was a, a certain unpredictability about it. We still are kind of in it in a lot of ways, right? And so we don't have that false endpoint that we kind of put in our minds and and we're all in this together and we kind of adopt this we're, we're here to get everyone's needs met and that stability that we have in that family unit provides a little bit of flexibility and so we're able to to see that there's been a, a real benefit to spending a lot more time together as families it's a little counterintuitive to me because oftentimes when we're together we get on each other's nerves why did it work this time around? Well, there was probably still a fair amount of that, uh, to be right. fair. Uh, but I think it was there was no other option. Like, this is your option. Kind of like you were mentioning. It's like, oh, well, I'm the option, so hey, I'm going to be the Hope fun you guy. you like it. And, you know, and that's, that's going to be awesome. 
but when when we have other options where we're always looking for the less good one or the better one to kind of follow and uh, as long as the family was willing to be flexible like i said before and and we are all in this together and we're going to meet everybody's needs then we can we have enough time to to do that a lot of times we get bugged because we're in a hurry and we were always going to the next thing. We were always moving on to the next event or the next child's thing. Now we have time for everyone's needs. We have time to slow down and have the important conversations. And I think that's the biggest difference of all. Bugged because we're in a hurry. Mm-hmm. I, you are so right. Because uh, that is exactly when I start snapping at people is when I've got this and then this and then this. And we don't have any time to have any overlap. And uh, wow, that's I love that bugged because we're in a hurry. And for many, many weeks during this pandemic, there was nowhere to go. We were forced to spend time together, perhaps in our own backyards, in the kitchen, uh, doing projects or cooking together because all the fun things were closed. Um, When you're forced to spend time together as a family, uh, doctor, does it does that help at all with the psychology of how we treat each other uh, in our homes? Absolutely. We have uh, an ability to be creative and, and adapt. We, we want to connect. We want to be fulfilled. We want to be happy. And when we take the time to do those things and, and we make it a priority, we absolutely do. One of my favorite things to come from this on social media, I loved the homemade uh, obstacle courses in the homes and in the backyards. And, you know, you do have to be creative to get that need met. And we're not going to the neighbor's house to do that. We've got to do that at home. And so that evolutionarily speaking, survival mode kind of kicked in uh, from a psychological standpoint. And and we made those things happen. And, and those are some of my favorite memories of, of, of this. And another aspect of that, that was fascinating to me. It didn't cost a ton of money. Sometimes as parents, we think we've got to put on the song and the dance and take him to Disneyland and spend a ton of money. But that wasn't the case because those options, frankly, weren't there for us to have. Uh, the only thing we dropped down was probably uh, Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu. I mean, it just seemed <laughs> like we joined all the things. Uh, so we can stream all of the events in the world right now. But but you're right. It, it didn't cost much. And, and what that says to me is happiness isn't defined by the experiences that we necessarily pay for. But experiences do last a lot more than possession. We've, we've, we've known that for years studying uh, results from positive psychology. And those experiences don't don't need to be a huge investment. It can just be what they are. And and we often in my house talked about we're living history. You're going to remember this and your yeah. grandkids are going to hear about what we're doing right now. Dr. Tom Golightly is a licensed psychologist. He's with BYU, the assistant director of athletics counseling and psychological services at BYU. Joining us now to talk about the silver lining in this pandemic, the closeness, uh, the fact that it's brought families together. I can't, we cannot though ignore that this has been a strain, especially for families that are forced to online school their kids. In fact, I'll I'll just tell you about an Instagram post I saw from one of my very, very dear friends. She's a mom of, I think, three or four little boys, and she's homeschooling them now, or online schooling them, because the Salt Lake City School District hadn't at least opened up right away for, for um, in-person classes. So uh, she was stressed. 
how can we bring her into a place where she can let some of that stress go as maybe perhaps online schooling continues? When we experience an increase in stress and anxiety, we tend to want to over-control our situations. And so when we can't exert the amount of control that we want, it creates kind of another layer of strain. And I would say let go of trying to over-control that. It sounds like a, a difficult situation. And there is only so much time that uh, that elementary or pre-elementary student is going to lock into online learning. And that's okay. And and but it is a strain, and and what we found is, and we've been talking about the positives. There have been some negatives from this. Um, if the system was already pretty difficult to begin with, that got highlighted through this, right? We did have a, an increase in domestic violence. We did have a decrease in reporting of those domestic violence instances. So kind of what was there already is going to get highlighted when we are staying at home. Um, but for this, as we're online schooling, be be okay with the acceptable effort. We, we want to overachieve. We want our kids to achieve. And sometimes we are our own worst enemy in in our evaluation in 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 order to to create some of that stability our kids have missed out on a lot of social interaction uh, how do we help them catch up because mom and dad love you you're the funniest you're the best <laughs> your pictures are amazing when your friends will be like that was terrible my friend you know that harsh honesty is sometimes valuable if there's someone out there that has the answer, let me know. I've got teenagers at home that are like, stop it, get out of my way, right? Um, I, I think it's really important to listen to that, that that's, that's not a need that goes away. And that's your time of life to be more connected as you, as you identify outside of the home a little bit more, especially through those activities that you're participating in. We learn how to engage life. And that's something that is going to be stunted uh, a, a little bit. Uh, it goes back a little bit to what I was just saying. The good enough effort is going to be really important there. What is good enough connection with with your peers? Uh, how do you engage the dance club? How do you engage uh, those types of things? You know, as as instead of going to the studio, you know, we're really trying to figure out still what's the best way to engage and affiliate. Uh, but doing the good enough thing is is going to be okay now and reminding y your your teenager especially and this is something they have a hard time with it's temporary this isn't going to last forever we aren't going to be doing this for years and years hopefully um but it is still going on we're still doing it and and this is the current reality but it won't be reality forever but dad this is going on forever <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tom Golightly, um, we so appreciate your insight as we continue to search for the silver lining in this ongoing pandemic. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you. You too. COVID-19 and Utah families. Join our hosts, Dave Noriega and Debbie Dujanovic, weekdays from 9 to 11, here on KSL News Radio. We know you're awaiting the afternoon session of General Conference. Until then, I'm Debbie Dujanovic, here with Dave Noriega. We host the Dave and Dujanovic Show Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. right here on KSL News Radio. We've been discussing this question. Does COVID-19 have a silver lining? What we mean is, 
Did this pandemic bring your family closer, Dave? Ooh, I love this question because it's so easy to get sucked up into the negative. And during the COVID pandemic, there has been no shortage of negative. And that's why I think this conversation is so beneficial because oftentimes, even in the worst of times, you can look at it and think, you know what? That was actually pretty awesome. Uh, and that's some of the things that we've been discussing. Uh, we asked for your comments on Facebook and we got so many great things, uh, for you that we wanted to share. Uh, Terry said, sadly, this has kept one daughter away. She lives in LA not been able to travel to see her and she's not been able to come here. We are able to zoom once a week, but it's hard to not see her and give her a big hug. But her oldest daughter and her are spending more time together, walking their dogs and Sunday dinners. They're having, they're finding a silver lining the best way they can. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about this until you just barely read that. There is a technology component to this, a hurdle that we've gotten over that I think has been extremely beneficial, and that's the Zoom meeting, right? It used to be, oh, I don't like to to call on the phone and conference call. Well, when we're able to do these Zoom meetings and we see people's faces and their uh, the subtle facial features that we miss in a phone call. I have loved that. And we've kind of gotten over this hurdle of, I don't want to be on camera, right? We just do it now. That's just normal. We just FaceTime and we Zoom meeting and we do it all the time. And I think that's added a new layer to the way we communicate, which has been great. I actually FaceTime my mom for the first time ever during this pandemic. Really? We normally just talk yeah. on the phone once or twice a week. We text all the time. And I learned that my mom's ceiling needs a little patchwork because she spent a lot of time with, it, with the camera <laughs> pointed at the ceiling. I was like, Mom, I'm down here. I'm down here. But it was so fun to see her face. You know, I've canceled a series of trips home to Arizona because of the pandemic. They were ex- extreme hotspot for a very long time, several weeks during this pandemic. And so I stayed away and it, it made me sad, but I'll tell you what, the FaceTime element, the fact that I was able to see her when we talked, just, it just made my heart sing. Um, Megan commented as well on the fa- our Facebook page. Uh, she says, we've grown much closer as we've learned new ways to serve together and in unexpected ways. For instance, she said she took time in this pandemic to teach her teenage daughters how to bake and follow recipes. And they've given treats and loaves of bread to lots of different friends and neighbors who they might not have under normal circumstances, Dave. Yes, it has caused us to look at our lives and be so introspective. I can tell you, it was March 17th that I left the station. Uh, I was I was the short straw. I got sent away. Uh, you and I were working together and everything was normal. And then they said, we're splitting you guys up. One person's going to work from home. The other one's going to work at the station. And I went home. And after uh, just a day at home, I started broadcasting from my mom's house. My mom lives maybe a street away from me. Mm. And I can tell you, it was an incredible experience and has been to be able to see my mom every single day, 
to talk to her. She loves the show, by the way. Loves the show. Oh, that's but awesome. she is always wanting to talk to me about what's going on. She's writing me notes in the middle of the show and she's passing these post-its over, like, ask this question. Say this. Have you thought about that? Mm. Like, Mom, I'm on the air. <laughs> Leave me alone. But it has been so great for our relationship, even though I'm 43 years old, 44 years old. To be able to reconnect, and my mom and I have always been close, but even at a different level, and it's been special for me. I want to thank you for encouraging me to buy a smoker for my backyard. Before COVID hit, we didn't know this was coming. I did. I went out and bought an inexpensive one that's in my backyard. And you know what, Dave? Thanks to you, I have smoked tons of racks of ribs. And we social distance, the kids and I, in the backyard. They come over and visit me. And I'll tell you, nothing gets the kids home like a free (laughs) meal. Hey, Dave and I really, really appreciate you tuning in for this very special broadcast as we went in search of the silver lining in COVID-19. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.